Hello and welcome to Stompcast with me, Dr Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with a guest to take a little wander into their life. If you give the Stompcast a rate, review and subscribe, it would really make my day as it helps more people find the Stompcast. And if you're looking to be part of my inner circle and to hear my diary entries, guided meditations and much more, you could subscribe to Behind the Stomp on Apple Podcasts for exclusive episodes and early access for $3.99 per month. Always good to try before you buy, so give the free trial for one month to try. This week I'm stomping with actor, podcaster, mum of three, Hilary Whitehall. Hilary is a comedy actor who has appeared in Bad Education, Miranda and Williams and Friends. She began her acting career in the 80s and has since occasionally appeared alongside her son, Jack Whitehall, in shows and acting. The Whitehalls have become a brand of comedy themselves, frequenting our TV screens with shows like Jack Whitehall, Travels with My Father, which is absolutely hilarious, and delving into their family dynamics and opinions on the podcast Wittering Whitehalls. Well, do you, do you want to describe where we are roughly? Well, well, everybody knows where we live, to be honest. Yeah, but because still, anyway, I'll, I'll Jack always, like... always using our house as a location. <laughs> <laughs> You're quite a recognisable group as well. It's kind of... Yes. Uh, it wouldn't take Indeed. very long. Like, ah, yes, it's the White Falls. Yeah, absolutely. All so, right. we are on the Thames towpath, which is my favourite walk. Not just because it happens to be very near my house, but because... It's a little funny little oasis, particularly with the Barnes Wetland Centre. You've got a sort of buffer against uh, against the housing and the the urban the urban nature of London. And for those that are uh, that are not uh, from London, we are um, on the west side, West London, along to along the river, Putney and Fulham Way. Yep. It's very kind of. Um, it's a very kind of scenic bit of London, I think, isn't it? Do you know what? We've lived in Putney for over 30 years now. Uh, when I first met Michael, I lived in North London, which is quite urban, near Queen's Park. Michael lived in Hammersmith by Brook Green. Mm-hmm. But he, before that, had lived in Barnes, had always, lived, had, always, had always lived in Barnes as an adult. And he said, I think I'd like to go back to Barnes. And I said, south of the river are you joking <laughs> i beg your pardon anyway i can't imagine living anywhere other than south of the river now why is there such a divide between the north and south? i, I often wonder this so I, i'm not a true londoner i moved here in 2015 i am a welshman so i don't understand the north side so can you explain it for anyone why is what is it about the north south river thing well one of the differences of course is that we're on the f- flight path into heathrow as yes. I'm sure you've just heard. Yeah, indeed. And everything just kind of they, they oh, come down. On. You can almost hear the gears changing. Philomena. We've had to take a pit stop, and that's because we have a friend with us, don't we? We do. Philomena. We take the lead. I'll Thank take you. the reins. Poo bags are available. Poo bags are available. Yep. I think dogs are very much a mandatory part of a good walk, I think. A good old stomp. Yep. Rolo be jealous. I won't tell him that you came along, though. Could have had come. a play date. You know, you know, though, is that if Rolo comes, he'll want to wrestle and play and truly play the whole way. So. Yeah. Not much distance is had and there's lots of noise and barking, so. I guess I grew up in Sussex, so my natural inclination, I still have family down there, is to go south. And actually getting out south from this part of London is very easy. Very near the A3, which is a great route out. Shoot 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 out easily. My feeling about North London, having lived there, is that it can take you hours to get out of North London. It's a bit sprawly for my liking. I like, and I've generally, I've lived mostly south of the river, but kind of across east as far as Rotherhithe and then across um, as far as Fulham. I actually lived just by Craven Cottage, which is a dash over there. Yes, you can see the brand new stand, the yeah, riverside it's, stand. It's, they were kind of building it, I think, as I left 
theory, or at least they were, they were starting the construction. It's an amazing little spot on the river, and often when you watch like Sky Sports, whatever, you don't realise that the, the you know the stadium is literally on, on the river. river. And what they've done actually with the new stadium, because actually because of Jack, I can't remember how, but we know the owners, the Khans. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that they wanted to do when they put in their planning permission was to reinstate the riverside walk through the stadium because in the old days yeah. you had to walk round the stadium. So Bishop's Park, out onto the road and then back. But they've now, well, it's not quite open yet, but reinstated that riverside walk. That's actually right because when I was living there, actually I lived just up the river by the, the crab tree, which is the pub. Yes, I know. Yep. Literally right by the crab tree. So yeah, you're right. I used to kind of wander down here into the park. Is it Bishop's Park? Bishop's Park, Bishop's park. which I love. Bishop's Park's lovely, isn't it? So I'd wandered around there and you have to, yeah, just come around the stage and be like, ah, oh, goddamn you footballers. Yes. Enjoying your football. But of course, your, your household is a, a sporting a football. It house, is, it? it is. But yes. a divided house. A divided house, indeed. Tell us more. So, I, uh, for various familial reasons to do with my mother's side of the family, uh, who were from the East Midlands, support Leicester City because that was the first game I was taken to. And some of my brothers supported Leicester City as well. My father was a rabid gooner, so he was horrified when we all came back from a holiday with the relatives to say, We support Leicester City now. Oh, dear. So when my boys got, well, Jack being the eldest, came back from school, the first thing he said when he kind of clocked football was, I'm going to support Man United. I said, no, you're not. Actually. Good man. He should have stayed with them. No, I said, over my dead body. <laughs> <a> United fan. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, he said, all right, I'll support, he had a lisp at the time. He said, I'll support Leicester. I said, no, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> Uh, you know, so as one, a woman, one's too bad and the other's too mean. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. So then my father piped up and said, well, if we're talking football teams, I said, it's got to be a London club, the obvious being Fulham or Chelsea. That makes sense. Yeah. And my father said, absolutely no way. If they're supporting a London club, it has to be my team, Arsenal, because he grew up in North London. There we go. And so then, that was that. And that is why Arsenal was the, the die team. was set. Has Jack recovered from the pain of the end of last season? Well, the Charity Shield helped. That helped on the weekend, I'd but, imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, Proves from the spirits. Do you know, it was annoying though, because it was not that dissimilar to Leicester when they won the Premier League yeah. in 2016. You know, that will they won't they, oh my God, are they going to hold on? And then. But they actually did. You know, the <laughs> draws, the and then Tottenham were right, right snapping at our heels, and but we did it. Yep. That was uh, unbelievable. Not that we're going to be talking about football the whole. Don't worry, people. That are, if you're if you're stomping with us and you don't like football, that's absolutely fine. You'd be yeah. glad to know. We'll get off it in a minute. We'll yeah. get off in a minute. But that was a remarkable year, wasn't it? Because I think there's not many other occasions where a sporting team has gone against the odds so much. I mean, some people won some absolutely ridiculous amounts of money they betting did. for Leicester. I mean, did yeah. you put a fiver on them? Do you know what I didn't? I looked at it and I thought, if I put a fiver on, they'll lose. And I looked again at Christmas, and that, at that point, it was still 2,500 to one. Oh. And I thought, I can't do it, because they'll lose. I was offered tickets to the last home game, which was the Everton game. And as it turned out, Bocelli was singing. Do you remember he did Nessie mm -hmm. Dorman? Yeah, there? yeah. And again, I turned them down at Christmas, because I thought, if I take them, they'll lose. They so you basically it. sacrificed the experience sacrificed to ensure the victory of your side? Absolutely, I, as it I, should be. Are you a superstitious person, therefore? When it comes to things like that, yes, definitely. 
You know, there's a, a, my cons a consultant I used to work with a good couple of years ago always used to say that if you're superstitious, you have to believe in every single superstition because what gives you the right to choose which superstition exactly. is true isn't? Yeah, and exactly. I had to kind of give up on mine then because I had a few yeah. of them and then I was like, hang on, this is a bit flawed. <laughs> so as a Man United supporter, because I have a son-in-law who's a rabid Man United mm. supporter, there's a lot of rituals involved with his supporting. Really? Yeah, you know, the remote controls have to be in the same place. Okay, the okay. Right and all of that kind of thing. Do you have lucky pants and lucky socks and all those kind of things? I, I don't. I don't. I actually decided I, I was kind of in that idea of or have been of all in or all out. But yeah. my lucky charm is that I've got my goddaughter Cara who's just turned one, and uh, to her father's disappointment because he is a Chelsea fan, I bought her of course a United shirt yeah. with number one. But I have converted him now to support United, so yeah. I've managed to persuade him that we should be a United front, literally. Love it. We are wandering uh, along the Thames, and we've got loads of rowing clubs to our, to our left. Yep. Um, it's a, a huge part of this area, isn't it, the history? It is, it is. And of course, the boat race starts just down by Putney Bridge, when literally a quarter of a million people come and watch Oxford and Cambridge, probably with no connection with either. But it's a good day out. It's a jolly good day out. Are you and Michael cursing them? Go home. Actually, normally we, we, we you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And here comes another A380. A big one. That's oh. part of London, eh? The planes. Yeah. Whether you're on the north or south divided, that's one thing that doesn't matter. You're going to be hearing lots of uh, yes. plane noises. But that's it. That's part of the stomp cast. We're out. We're walking. Although that is particularly noisy. That's a big one. So as we're as we're wandering now, so we've we've just passed a load of the clubs. I mean, how important do you think it is? Things like sport and activity for young people mentioned football but rowing and things for, for young people growing up it feels like in this day and age and we're, we're both i think quite passionate about social media and sometimes the harms that can have how yeah. important do you think it is to have because even see people rowing in front of us now yeah sports and things in the community like like the rowing clubs and so on 100 percent. i think it's i mean it was such a vital part of my upbringing i had three older brothers as i said so sport was it runs through me like a stick of rock and sadly i I played hockey for quite a long time for the Bank of England, which is a local sports club around here. And I played for the Bank of England seconds, and I played for the first, and I became captain of the first, and then I went back down to the seconds. But I had a pretty cataclysmic injury in 2017. So I was playing well into my 50s, I mean, late 50s. Amazing. Um, and had played with people who played into their 70s at the back, their timing was amazing. They couldn't run very well, but they would literally just pick the ball off the yeah. opponent as they came towards them. One, you have the team sport element, the camaraderie of it, but also I think we just have to keep moving as long as you can. Yeah. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Well, I've kind of been obsessed with a new, um, I watched a new series, Limitless, with uh, Chris Hemsworth. I don't know if you saw it, but um, it's, uh, it's really fascinating. It's on, it's on Disney, and anyway, I was watching it, and uh, he like investigates, like basically, um, longevity, like you know, people trying to live longer and be fitter and all these kind of things. And um, basically, we found with the exercises that like keep as active as, and as fit for as long as you can. I guess like use it or lose it mentality. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I think within that there was a chap, I think in his 90s, that was still doing like long distance cycling and fit as a fiddle. I watched a 90-year-old on Instagram yesterday sit down without the aid of her hands on the floor, cross-legged, yeah. and then get up. At 90, that's some serious that's strength good. and core yeah. stability. I can't do that. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge thing to keep using. Um, so, I, so I think it's very important. Even if it's absolutely rocking it to 
disco music from the 70s or whatever it is. You just have to keep moving. Do what you enjoy. Yeah. And exactly. is part, is getting out walking like we are now and having a good stomp, is that part of your routine and things? Um, by necessity, I mean, obviously I, I, I would do it anyway, but where we live, we don't have a garden, we have a roof terrace and a tiny courtyard. And I have a dog, so I have to go out twice a day. Well, more importantly, I go out once a day and I make Mr. Whitehall go out once a day because he's even older than me. And it's very important to keep him moving. Does he prefer to go in the morning or the evening? Is he a morning or evening stomper? He, he, I do the morning and he does the afternoon. I see. Is he happy to go outside or is there a nudge? Depends on the weather. I see. So very today you might not have been as thrilled. Uh, he was thrilled when I said that you were coming to do this. <laughs> I see. That's probably the main off. reason that yeah, he was happy. There. Oh, exactly. Good news. Good news. So you're in his good books. Fantastic. That's a good start then. Your entire family um, and in your career, you've used comedy and humour as part of everything you do. And of course, you're, you're podcast the Wittering Whitehalls which you're taking to Edinburgh right very sure we are which is fantastic and shout out to your podcast what I love about the podcast community is we do support each other and you know I appreciate you coming on to my podcast you're supporting my podcast and you know it's great to shout out to other ones because it is such a such a nice thing podcasting isn't that is a complete side note I was going to ask but it's such a nice thing nice community how important is comedy in terms of and humor in terms of dealing with stress and life's difficulties I mean, it's absolutely critical in our family and crucial within our family. I mean, it was the first time I met Michael, he made me roar with laughter. And I think that was the initial attraction, was that he's a very funny man. Yeah, we can definitely give him that. <laughs> and I think Jack, growing up, observed that his father had very funny bones and thought, hmm, I'd quite like to have a go at that, because he's a very good raconteur, Michael. Um, so I think it's critical. And I think... There's so much sadness and so much negativity in the world at the moment that anything we can do to mitigate that is good. Laughter is key. And, I, you know, not only do we laugh at other things, other people, etc., we very much laughed ourselves because I think that's the starting point is that you shouldn't take yourself too seriously. I realise that you have to, you know, you have to take things certain things seriously but even then I think if you can find the humour in it it just sometimes helps. In, the, in your family and also in your podcast you do a lot of kind of you kind of take the piss out of yourselves a bit do you know what I mean you, you kind of laugh about a lot of situations do you think there's something around like sometimes people think of confidence as around like you know having to all the time be really confident big yourself up back but actually being able to laugh at yourself is so freeing and going do you know what whatever yeah let the mistakes roll I'm off and some, yeah, yeah sometimes we laugh about things which at the time we were definitely laugh not laughing about maybe even we're crying about, about yes. them at the time well that's that's the choice isn't it you either laugh or cry and i have said that on many occasions to my family i said you know what i really want to be crying about this but you know, i'm not going to open that floodgate so let's have a laugh about it because it's ridiculous it's quite a British thing, isn't it? I mean, obviously, on a very British day, it is August, it is raining, it's wet, uh, yeah. and so on. Um, but having that kind of comedic element and just laughing things off does seem to be part of our British culture, isn't it? I think. It is. I think, I think self-deprecation as well. An irony, irony about yourself. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'd love to ask you a little bit about your thoughts on social media, because, you know, just before we start, we said hello to Mr. Whitehall, of course, as well, before we went on our walk. And I mentioned, as I do, it's interesting with podcasting you know you were recording some episodes from yours this morning you know so much now is visual it goes on social media you kind of got to be across all these spaces what's your feeling about social media we're going to talk a little bit more about your career shortly but the world has changed a lot and podcasts aren't really even podcasts anymore they're like vlogcasts or whatever you want to call it what's your feeling about social media I, i think it's it's great in one respect it's a great marketing tool it's opened up you know, it opens up subjects that maybe you wouldn't normally come across. Uh, it shows you lifestyles and people and countries that you wouldn't necessarily come across. But the sort of flip side of it is that it's ever-present. Particularly for young people, I think it must be a tyranny that it's in their bedroom mm. when they're on their own, thinking, I've escaped all my worries and woes. But it, they haven't, because it's in their bedroom with them and people are still at them. And I think that must be a huge pressure. It's fine if you're, you know, confident and riding high, but if you're not, it must be terrible. Terrible to, to yeah. cope with. How do you find it as a family? Because as a, as a family, you are all on social media, in the media, on television. How do you deal with that? And particularly things like negative comments or even, even trolling and stuff. How, how do you deal well, with that? Well, the answer is I try not to read them. My daughter gets very cross with us those of us that are across it actually somebody made a remark about a remark that she made that I thought was a lovely remark and some man came out with the most repellent remark about what she'd said and about Jack and his partner Roxy on social media and I thought I'm always tempted I want to take them on and then everyone says don't whatever you do engage with them do not engage with them so I didn't but I wanted to say to this he looked like a young man from his photograph I wanted to say to him, you know absolutely nothing about our family. You know what we present to you, Mm. and you can make a judgment about that. But Mm. the judgment you're making is very different. It's a very personal, private judgment. 
but I didn't because I've been told that I shouldn't. But I try not to look at comments now because it's, it's depressing, to be honest. Most of them are lovely, I have to say. The vast majority are lovely and supportive and engaging, but it's just the odd, there's that little rump, isn't there, which... Mm. It's, it's often the, it's, a, it's the ones that cut through, isn't it, the negative ones. I mean, as a family, you know, you're, you're, you're loved and, you know, I've, for, for what it's worth and it's not worth very much, but, you know, I've always enjoyed, you know, your whole family and your attitude to life and how, like you bring like a light and a like a bit of joy amongst a lot of the negative stuff we see and it's not even just about like social media but i deleted um bbc news app the other day on my phone i'm just so sick of just oh, reading i know, yeah, I, I, open, know. I open it i just scroll through and there was literally nothing, nothing good for me to see and i was yeah. like i'm just sick of it so I've, i deleted it now yeah um, i've deleted it because i'm just sick of it and i actually want to see you know, positive things, you know, yes. like it's not about painting the world as this perfect place for God, you know, let's see some, <laughs> some brightness, some brightness and, 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 and humour. And I, I guess I worry a little bit about social media is that when it portrays not just even just the, not even just the trolling, but constant negative stuff about the world and everything and the yep. place, how expecting young people to grow up with optimism, with oh, like excitement for the world, if yep. all we're showing them is negative stuff i know and that's let's face it there's a lot a lot of stuff to be negative about out there yeah uh, i mean not, and the other thing is that it's a lot of the stuff that we see is very polarizing mm. and actually you sort of see what you sign up for you know if mm. you are a climate change believer then you'll be shown lots of stuff about that if you're a denier then you'll be shown a lot of stuff about mm. that mm. so it's very difficult to get a balanced view on it because you're only shown what they think you want to see mm. sure so that's tricky. You said that you don't read the negative comments. Do you have other boundaries or things that you've learned and developed that you could share that for other people that are, who, who are online? And I think particularly for people who have come to social media later, like maybe you haven't grown up with social media, young people now are so savvy with it. But if you come you know, later on in life, any tips or advice about how to kind of navigate it and basically not get depressed from it? <laughs> I think you have to pick who you follow quite carefully. Uh, I mean, I, d I personally don't do Twitter because I think it's a very loud gone, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, so I tend to, I don't do Facebook anymore either, although I have a Facebook account that things feed into. I mean, I don't do Facebook. I think, again, it's such a strange thing to say, but I have been, as it were, tracked down by people way, way back from my past. That I thought, oh, it's great to hear from them. And then you re-engage with them, you think, Okay, I know why I actually kind of moved away from this person. And suddenly they're in your life again. And I think that must be exhausting for young people is that you just permanently got people coming, on, coming along with you that maybe you wouldn't necessarily, you know, we all change. That the me at 17 is very different to the me at 27 that's very different to the me at 57. Inevitably you change. I've um, been doing quite a lot of reflection recently. I mean, I um, stopped drinking alcohol in the 4th of December because not because I was addicted but because I just found it was having quite a profound negative impact on my life uh, you know I've got ADHD and it, it basically doesn't do that any good and doesn't do my mental health any good and my physical yep. so I was like, I've had enough of it but in that time you end up reflecting a lot on things and you realize how different you are at different points of your life and sometimes that's quite hard because you look back and think oh god was I god, a bit of a twit back then or this or that or you know even when you you think, oh, actually, no, no, I'd like to think I was a good person doing the right thing and so on. You make mistakes. I think what's really hard about Instagram and Facebook and social media is that 
it doesn't seem to be you don't seem to be allowed to kind of move on and be the person you are now no. as well like kind of things are harped back and you're dragged back to moments that were 10 years ago or when you were a child i mean there know? is a there is a world in which really one should have a facility to just it stays there for a year and then it goes yeah it's this permanence of everything isn't it that's so difficult in the old days in the theater if you've got a bad review it's tomorrow's fish and chip paper it's not now, it's on there. You can read it 20 years later, how bad you were in yeah. a play. Do you think um, your family, you know, you're making jokes, making comedy, and comedy, things are funny because often they play upon truths, maybe they're on the edge of things, there's a bit like, oh, that was a bit risque. Yep. Do you worry about things like cancel culture? Is that in your mind 100%. when you're creating comedy? Particularly with an 83-year-old husband who doesn't have quite the same radar as mm. younger people. I do worry about it, yeah. Um, do you think it affects creativity? Because you've got to be allowed to creative space, surely, I guess, to well, make not, things like, you know, I've got to be work within these confines and what if I say this or that? I think it does affect creativity, but I think it also affects healthy discussion. That's what worries me, is the shutting down of people who you don't agree with. I mean, there's a lot of discourse on the, on the web about that, that, you know, there's, not, there's, no, there's no middle ground anymore. There's nobody saying, well, yeah, I see that point of view, but I also see that point of view and both are valid. You can't say that now, you have to choose. And I think that's difficult for young people. We're very obsessed now as well, probably more than I can remember in my 30 years, more obsessed with what it is to be a good person more than ever. Like there's this clear thing of like, you're either a good person, and if you're not a good person, you're a bad person. And there's like, we've lost this realization, but in the middle is just a person. We're all just, most people are just people. Just people, just living They're neither lives. actually good or bad, really. They'll do good things and they'll do bad things in life. They're just people. Yeah. There's this absolute obsession online, and you see it in the news and the standards we hold people to. It's like you can have a whole life of being a good person and doing generally pretty good things. You make one mistake, get something wrong, or God forbid you do something bad. You can't, it doesn't can't seem to allow it. people to rep repent from no. it, to, you know, that process of like acknowledgement and acceptance of, of wrongdoing, facing consequences and then learning and, and moving, moving on. on. We're yeah. kind of like, I'm not talking about reprehensible crimes and things like that. I'm just talking about like people just maybe saying something or having an opinion that perhaps people go, oh, that was a bit too far. Yeah. Can't go, all right, do you know what? You're right. Actually, I reflected maybe that was too far. Or maybe go, well, actually, I don't agree with you, but I apologize this caused offense. Let's move on. Yeah. That doesn't would seem you, to be allowed. Would you defend the right for somebody to say what they believe, even if you didn't like it or agree with it? Yeah. Technically, we live in a country with free speech-ish. Do you defend their right to say what they want to say? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because then you get into hate speech and all of that. Well, is that right? Should somebody be able to do hate speech? I think you sh we should be allowed to... You should be allowed... You know, everyone has a right to live in a society where they don't feel oppressed and hated and all those of those. But I'm talking about just generally that people might even reflect on themselves and go, actually, I've gone too far with something or I've, I, you know, what have you made a mistake in your life? You know, you've done something wrong in your life. Yeah. Be able to learn and be able to move on. And I just worry hugely, alongside many of the things with social media, is you're creating this idealistic view of... Uh, of, of life, even even if looking at this way, you know, social media paints like relationships to be perfect. You know, you meet someone, look at that, oh, the holidays and everything's fantastic. You get married, you have a child, everything's great. You know, what happens when you have a divorce? Yeah. What, now that's it. Now that's yeah, we your your storyline, your kind of journey on your kind of online everything. You're, it's all tarnished now because you've had a divorce. That's real life. It is. It's real life, but then you're setting these unrealistic ex expectations, then you feel that if you haven't achieved that, then you're a bad person, or you failed, or... I think know? also, is there a world in which we probably learn more from our mistakes than we do from our successes? Mm. 
you know, I, I've always said that to my children. I say, well, if you have a big failure, you need to learn from it because actually that's going to be more valuable to you. And forgive, and forgive yourself. And forgive exactly. yourself. Like yeah. you, you can learn and grow. Yeah. And on that point, we'll come to the end of part one. And um, thank you to everyone for joining us. Um, if you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, you'll get all three parts right now. If not, then the next episode comes out on a Tuesday, and then the third part on a Wednesday. You See mean you soon. the bonus part? The, and the, all I the love bonus, the bonus the, the part. Extra what bonus do you call bits. it? Um, your behind the stop. Behind the stop. Thank you so much for listening to this part of the Stompcast. If you're ready and want to listen to the next part right now, head over to Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe to Behind the Stomp. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow. Is that people?